Hello and welcome to Zeitgeist Banana, the podcast all about the English language. My name's Gideon, I'm in Paris, and I'm joined by John, who's in London. Hello, John. Hi, Gideon. How are things? Yeah, pretty good. Actually, you know, I'd like to come and see you in London, but I can't at the moment because of quarantine. I have to be two weeks quarantine, so we have to do this across the ocean. Across, yes, across the channel. Yes, across indeed. the channel. I know. We, we've I, never done that before, though, have we? So, you know, normally we're face-to-face. -face. Yeah, I'm a bit <laughs> sarcastic there. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, sure. Well, I really want to come visit London, but I can't right now. Yeah, no. Well, I would love to, love you to come too and share a coffee together, um, and then we could talk about how we're going to, you know, order coffee in our new with our new phrases that we spoke about in the other episode. So yes, yes, you remember we can ask for a little brown. Can Indeed. I have a little brown, please, or a big brown? Mm -hmm. so, yes, uh, if you haven't heard that one, listeners, listen to our podcast about coffee and the English language. Yeah, very interesting. Mm, yeah, no, it was a good one, that one. I like that one. Yeah. So, John, in our last podcast, it was about tea. And I got some feedback about that because I made one sweeping generalization that in all the languages in the world, there are only two words for tea, either tea or chai or kind of something similar to that. But, of course, I got a comment that said, no, that's not true. This is from Lobok. Call P69, who said, Ah, oh, no, in Poland we say erbata. Mm. You know that, yeah. So in Polish it's called erbata because you want to order tea. Wow. But does that mean that only in Poland they call it something different? Or I Well, I don't want to say because someone else is going to write in. But <laughs> all the research I did, it was every language was, chi, was tea or chai. Mm. But that's an exception. I, I wonder why. It's it has that name though in Polish. There must be some kind of connection there. Ask a Polish person. Okay, I will do. Yeah. Curious. Right. So we've done coffee. We've done tea. Do you know what this podcast is going to be about? Coca Cola. <laughs> no, actually, it's probably it's, it's about uh, British food and the English language. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, you know, English language. I, that's going to be interesting. I mean, there is a. I would say personally, I don't know about what you would say, Gideon, but I think there's a common misconception that English food is not very good. A misconception, yeah. Yeah. It is true. I think certainly the last uh, 20 years or so is also vastly improved if you if you in London or in UK. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? And I, I always kind of recommend that uh, students, because when... Because it's a bit of a stereotype, isn't it, as well? People come out with it as a bit of a stereotype, yeah. I think. Um, but I always kind of suggest to go to a gastro pub because I guess we don't really have English restaurants, do we? Um, it's more kind of a, a pub, so a gastron gastronomic pub, isn't it, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. good to go to. Um, I always recommend that. I think that's a, a good plan. I do agree. And also this reputation is quite recent because in the 19th century, uh, English food was considered one of the great cuisines, strangely enough, mm. if you read stories of the day. But I think after the war, lots of sort of instant recipes came, became popular and uh, food you know, took a downturn. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we got our reputation. But I think now it's, as you say, it's not the case. And if you go to these gastropubs and places like that, you can get some really great food. And I, sh I should say, yes, we're going to talk about uh, some 
English foods, or I should say British foods, don't forget Scotland and Wales, and also the, the history of some of these foods, quite interesting, really interesting stories, and also the, the English language connection, uh, some of the words related to this. And what I'm going to start with are food idioms, okay, before we delve into the English cuisine. I've talked about food idioms. Do you know any food idioms, John? I know the one that we spoke about last time. It's not my cup of tea, but I guess it's not really food, is it? So, Okay, well, I'll start off and then you can... <laughs> so I've, got, I did, I've done a lot of research uh, today, so I've got a list in front of me, so it makes it a little bit easier. Because uh, you didn't know what we were going to talk about today, did you? I didn't know. I had no idea. Oh, um, yeah. Can, can I actually... I've, I've actually just thought of one. Go ahead. Bread and butter. Yeah. Bread and butter is my bread and butter. In what context would you use it? Except literally bread and butter. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I would use it in a context um, as in it's something that is essential in terms of your income, I would say. So my bread and butter at my mechanic workshop is changing people's tires and MOTs. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're an English teacher, that's bread and butter is explaining the difference between the present perfect and the past simple, maybe. That's how we make half our income. Yes, that's true. That That is definitely our bread and butter. Our, our bread and butter is not the podcast. No, not at all. Also, by the way, you bring up an interesting point about collocations because people don't say butter and bread, do they? No, they don't. They would always say bread and butter. That's very true. So if a student said to you, I like butter and bread. Would you correct them? Because it's perfectly correct. It, you know, it makes sense, grammatically correct. So would you correct them or not? Well, if they like butter and bread, then of course. I mean, if they're not using it as an idiom, then that's fine, isn't it? Or could you pass me this, the pepper and salt? Is that correct or incorrect? Uh, it's a curious one, isn't it? I guess it doesn't sound right to a native speaker, does it? But... Um... It's not wrong to say it, is it? I guess we, we're just, as you say, it's a co-location, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, it's not wrong, is it? No, I think that's just one of the difficult things as an English teacher, when to correct and not correct. Some, something's really clear. No, that's wrong. You, you, it's, it's not correct. That's not what we say. But with collocations, well, why not pepper and salt? Maybe I should tell them. It's, most people say salt and pepper, but mm. okay. Or bread and butter. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's probably better in a way to correct people, isn't it? Because you're kind of saying that, you know, because if you're familiar in terms of hearing it, then for some reason, if somebody said pepper and salt, you'd, you'd kind of almost be like, oh, what did you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you're not used to hearing it in that way. Yeah. Okay, John, let's move on to British foods. And one of the comments I got from the last podcast about tea was from Cal Silvestrini, who said, hey, why don't you talk about Marmite? Okay, well, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about just Marmite, I'm talking about British foods, but that's a very good question because Marmite, in fact, has a very interesting history too. Do, do, you, uh, do you like Marmite? No, I hate Marmite. Are oh, you kidding? Do you like it? Yes, one of the, yes. I oh, I, I knew that was the case. I, if Why? I was gonna, I was, if I was going to bet on anybody that liked Marmite, it was going to be you. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid we might have to stop doing a podcast from now on. <laughs> but you, you, you may 
change your mind when you know the history of Marmite. Okay. Okay, enlighten me. Do you know what it's made of, Marmite? Yeast extract. Very good, yes. Mm. And do you know where it comes from? A factory. It, it comes from Burton-upon-Trent, where they make beer. So basically, Marmite is the crap left over from making beer. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't, but I probably could have guessed it. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and the guy came along, brilliant guy, said, hey, can I, can I take that crap? Yeah, go ahead. We don't want it. <laughs> and from that, I think, oh, yeah, that's good. Idea. Do, 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 do. And um, he produced Marmite. Yeah. Okay. So and he became you, there from crap. So you like eating crap is, is what you're saying? No, I love, it's yeast extract, though. It is oh, yeast okay. extract. That's really good for you, by the way. Is it? it is, okay. As, as umami gives flavor to other things. Yeah. Okay. So savory taste. Although having said that, I mean, maybe I would like it if I tried it again, because apparently, I don't know if this is uh, an urban myth, but apparently your, your taste buds change every seven years. Is know. that right? Uh, supposedly. I'm sure you're going to look it up and uh, disprove me on this. And then also apparently if you eat something, 15 times on average you will like it is that right supposedly yeah because your taste buds change what if i eat a chair 15 times <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be you'd be quite large uh, yeah i don't know perhaps you'd ruin your teeth um yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay have you heard of britalian cuisine oh uh, well i haven't heard that expression no but I, I'm guessing it's a cross between British and Italian. British. Yeah, that's right. It's become a thing. I think. Has it? Apparently, yes. You know, you lose pasta and Marmite and Parmesan and I don't know. You, <laughs> you mix it all together. It's called Britalian. Oh, my God. Yeah. Any Italian listening to this and, and hearing you put Marmite and pasta together would be horrified. All right, we'll move on from Marmite. Oh, I was going to finish off the, um, the idioms. I had a few more idioms for you. Okay. 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 I, I've thought of some in the meantime. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hot potato. Yeah, it's a hot potato. This like... hot potato has left me with egg on my face. Oh, yes. Nice mixed metaphor. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And you're full of beans in the morning. Full of beans, yeah. Full of beans, which means um, full of energy, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And then hot potato would be a controversial or difficult subject, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. An egg on your face means you're embarrassed. Mm. Yeah, that's why I mix the metaphor. Yeah. I've also got a piece of cake. Piece of cake. Yeah. Something very easy. Mm -hmm. Couch potato describing you. I thought of you. What? Yeah. Well, you know, occasionally I sit on my couch and eat cookies. Okay. So couch potato is a lazy person who spends all time watching the new TV or videos on the couch. Yeah. Eating cookies and chips and pizza and drinking beer. Yeah, that's me every day. Yeah. <laughs> a smart cookie, that's also you, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, uh, you know, I'm couch potato, smart cookie, you know, I've got everything. Yeah, Smart cookie just means an intelligent person, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure on the basis of your previous podcast that would be true, but yeah. <laughs> In Let's a pickle. Pretend. In a pickle. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Which means in a difficult situation, doesn't it? Yes. I've, I've had my passport stolen and I'm in uh, 
you know, I'm I'm in Rome and and I'm I don't have any money and my credit cards and I don't know anyone. I'm in a real pickle. Can you help out? Pickle. It comes from Dutch. That one. Beckle. Does it? Wow. Okay. The big cheese. The big cheese. Yeah. I I did look this up the other day and I can't remember the origins of it, but I think it's quite a curious origin. Do you know the origins? Uh, I don't know the origin actually. I can't remember. Just means, so. means like the boss, doesn't it? Or the most important person around. Uh, don't ask me that question. Ask the big cheese. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a couple more. Not a sausage. So I well, I mean, it, it could be literal, but it's not normally literal, is it? There's not a sausage, uh, meaning there's nothing at all. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing at all. Do you know where it comes from? Yorkshire. It comes, no, it actually it, it comes from Cockney. Oh, sausage and mash cash because it originally uh, meant no money i've got any money no not sausage sausage and mash cash i haven't got any cash uh, this, that's the origin. of course it does yeah yeah no that makes sense now so yeah, it's also selling like hot cakes you know what that means john yeah so that's when things sell very quickly because everybody wants them exactly and actually the origin is quite interesting it comes from america the u.s and you say hot cakes? Why hot cakes? Cakes, cakes are usually cold. When in fact the cakes they're talking about are actually pancakes, which were sold at the side of the road and in fairs and exhibitions, and they sold very well. They were cheap mm. and in large quantities. So that's the origin. So they are hot cakes. That's curious, isn't it? Yeah, I like that one. Right, we're going to move on to some English food. So I'm going to do this in kind of a quiz way. I'm going to ask you what it is. You can explain to our dear listeners what it is, if you know, and maybe the ingredients. And if you know the origin, it's more difficult. You can talk about that. I'm going to start with fish and chips. What are the main ingredients? By the way, we don't say chips and fish. That's another collocation, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, we don't. Sometimes I say chish and fips, but that's just okay. Be... So you want me to tell you what, what they are the main are? ingredients of fish and chips? Fish and potato. Brilliant. <laughs> wow, this is an easy yeah, quiz. It's, easy, it's, it? an easier, <laughs> it's an easier quiz than last time. Yeah. So um, I didn't really have to use my noodle on that occasion, did I? No, very good. Use my noodle, use my, my brain. So, Do you know the origin? I did read somewhere of the actual food or, or the name of the food. No, the actual who, where does it come from originally? Right. Well, it, I think it came from, I mean, this may be wrong, but there, there was two theories. I think it either came from an Italian immigrant or it came from a Jewish immigrant. The one I know is that uh, Jewish immigrants, they have the habit of frying fish in batter mm. and somewhere along the line, don't know the Italian immigrant story. Maybe there's some truth in that, but the, the one I heard. Somewhere along the line, the chips got added. Mm. The, the first fish and chips shop in the UK, although this is disputed, it was in Bethnal Green in London, opened by a Jewish immigrant called Joseph Marlin or Malin. Mm -hmm. Check that. Yeah. Not mushy peas. That's definitely a northern thing. It's a northern thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mushy peas. So do you know why people in the North have adopted it as their own? Well, it's not only the North, is it? I think it well, no, but it's kind of, I mean, I would argue, um, you know, I mean, fish and chips is generally a lot better in the North, in, in Yorkshire and places like that. But, uh, possibly. I think also that 
the oil they use is different, isn't it? I know because I went to university in Leeds and they use like beef dripping to cook. I'm vegetarian, so you don't want chips and beef dripping. Uh, but in London, it's vegetable oil, isn't it? That cook. I, I guess maybe so, it tastes yeah. different. Maybe it tastes different. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure why it's so much better, but potentially it usually is. My local fish and chip shop's very good though. So, and I'm in London, so. Well, when it, you grew up in Birmingham, didn't you? Uh, yes, near Birmingham, village near between Birmingham. Birmingham and Coventry. Yeah. And do are there any local specialities there? Um, to be honest, Birmingham is known for the Balti, which oh, yes, is a variation on curry. It's kind of uh, it's an interesting history, really, because apparently it was invented in the seventies uh, by migrants. I think. Um, well, I'm pretty sure it was India and Bangladesh or possibly Bangladesh. Um, and basically it was an alteration of, of the curry. So it's kind of, kind of a bit creamier, a bit milder in flavor. Interesting. Very mm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's interesting you talk about uh, curry because people think it's a recent thing. But let me tell you, it's not. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I didn't know. So the first recipe for chicken curry, 1758, cookbook Blimey. in 1758 in England. Wow. Also, pick a lily, which I'm sure you see in the supermarket, mm -hmm. the condiment, also 1758. And kedgeree. Do you know kedgeree? Yeah, that's, um, it's like kind of fish chowder. Is that right? No. Not that, it's it's like a wrong. breakfast food, and it's got it's a mix of like um, fish and uh, curry, okay, and yeah. eggs, a bit of curry powder. Mm. That's also from the late uh, 18th century. Mm. So yeah, we've we've had this connection with India for a long time because of the um, you know colonization, which you won't go into today. Indeed, <laughs> uh, Malikatani soup, which uh, you don't see very much these days, but that's also from the 18th century. Okay. Yeah, I've n I've never heard of that soup, but it sounds nice. Also, the national dish. Some people say fish and chips, but some people say chicken tikka masala, don't they? Do they indeed? Yeah. I I wouldn't. I yeah. I suppose it's probably just as popular, if not more popular, isn't it? Yeah. Where where was that invented? Bradford. Well, it, it, you could close. It's disputed, but Glasgow, a restaurant in Glasgow, claims that it invented in the nineteen seventies when. A cus an Indian restaurant in Glasgow, when the customer came in and complained that the food was too dry, so they made this sort of creamy sauce, and that's mm. where it uh, comes from. It's oh, not an Indian, enough. not from yeah. India, and now it's no, exported to it... India, but it's actually from from Britain or from yeah. Scotland. No, well, that's interesting, isn't it? So, I mean, you know, Bradford wasn't actually. Uh... A silly guess, though, really, was it? Because, I mean, no. it does have a large Asian population, so it's quite yeah. quite likely, isn't it? Yeah. Right, I'm going to ask you one or two more English foods. Tell me what you think they are. Bubble and squeak. Ooh, bubble and squeak, yeah. My mum always used to make bubble and squeak. So bubble and squeak is normally kind of the leftovers from... A roast so for example you'd have things like um bits of potato and bits of cabbage and uh onion and things like that all kind of mixed together is that right yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah it's leftover food isn't it yeah yeah 
Chip Butty. Chip Butty. God, I haven't had those, one of those for years. It's one of the best British foods, right? Not very sophisticated. <laughs> Not really, no. You might want to explain what it is. So Chip Butty is just putting putting chips inside um, two slices of bread, maybe some ketchup, and, and then eating it. Mm. So yeah, sometimes student food. It's definitely student food. Or you could have fish fish finger butty as well, can't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, another... butty is just another word for sandwich in the north of England, isn't it? I guess so, yeah. But, you know, I, it, I always picture a butty being on white bread with, with butter. It has to be, really, doesn't it? In London, we don't say butty, do we? Why well, don't I'm not from London? I remember. <laughs> no, no. When I went up to, when I studied in Leeds, everyone said, uh, "Love a cheese butter and a chip butter." Is that is that? No one would say that in London. Uh, my my mother would be appalled at your accent. Yeah, being, I don't know your part of the world though. Do they say butter or sandwich? Um, I'm trying to remember actually. I mean, sometimes yeah, people say cob. I'm pretty sure people. Oh, say right, okay, cob. okay. Or, or bap. I think people say bap oh. as well. Um, I think it depends where you are. I might be wrong about the cob thing, but definitely bap. People say bap. Yeah, okay. I'll have a bacon bap. Right. So that's how maybe how the the country's divided as well. How we refer to our sandwich. Do you know the origin of of sandwich itself? From the Earl of Sandwich in Kent, is that right? That's right, yeah. That's right. The legend has it he was at the gaming table and he was too busy gambling to leave, so he asked his uh, servant to bring him some meat between two pieces of bread. Mm. Earl of Sandwich, yeah. yeah. Well, just a couple more. Black pudding, what's that? Black pudding, as far as I know, is uh, dried pig's blood. Is that right? Yes. I can't think of anything more vile, personally. But, it, but, uh, yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I actually quite like it. I mean, yeah. I know you're a vegetarian, so maybe maybe that's a really disgusting thing for you. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't ordinarily order it, but I, I think it's quite tasty. And yeah, it forms part of the English breakfast, doesn't it? I guess it does traditionally, doesn't it? It's very rare, though, to find people serving it nowadays, I would say. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, I don't normally go out for an English breakfast too often, but um, I would say, yes, it's probably relatively rare. I think tourists love English breakfast. That's one of the things they like about coming to England, having the English breakfast, in my experience. Oh, oh. oh yes, we have a fantastic English breakfast this place. Yeah. Possibly. I, I, I don't know, though, because I, I think a lot of people find it quite heavy, don't they? And there's always a, a bit of a myth about the idea of, of us actually eating it for breakfast, because I, you know, in my experience, it's it's very rare, really, to eat it for breakfast unless exactly. you go yeah. to, to a hotel, maybe, as it's a bit of a yeah. treat. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's something we would maybe have as a brunch rather than for breakfast isn't it i guess people like builders you would say may have it for breakfast to give them energy for the day or uh, i always think lorry drivers as well they they kind of have it don't they exactly yeah it's a lot of food and it's cheap so yeah it's uh, sort of a sort of working class thing and gives you a lot of energy mm. yeah and yeah i agree with you 
not not usually eaten at breakfast on the except for a few exceptions yes yeah you know when i think of english breakfast i think of another idiom the full monty the full monty indeed yeah yeah, yeah. give me the full monty which means everything on the english breakfast the the bacon the sausages the eggs the the black pudding that's the full monty isn't it it is yeah but alternatively as well maybe the waiter just strips off all his clothes i mean you you got to be a bit careful with that one <laughs> well that's more recent because when the film came out the film monty i thought why are they making a film about the english breakfast yes indeed yeah <laughs> maybe i'm exaggerating a little bit <laughs> what about haggis i don't think i've ever actually had haggis but i think haggis is the innards of a sheep is that right yeah i think so with lots of what do they put with it? Oats or something? And they cook it in, in, in the sheep's stomach? Yeah. Something. I'm talking something I really don't know very much about, but um, something like that. You can Google it. Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm not sure myself, to be honest. But I, we need a Scottish person. Yeah, we do. We need, to, we need to get somebody on the show. Actually, I asked my students. I did a bit of research. I did a survey for this, for this podcast, believe it or not. And... I asked my students to name some English foods. And one that came up regularly was Christmas pudding. Mm, that's interesting. You like that? I do like Christmas pudding, but only if it's with brandy butter. Um, and I like it when it's flambéed. Oh, okay, flambéed. Is it the only thing you like flambéed? <laughs> it's the only thing, actually, that my family would flambé. So I've got one more question about food, and that is, John, you live in London. I'm yes. from London. Mm -hmm. Do you know any London foods? I do. Jelly deals. Jelly deals, yeah. I can't think of anything more disgusting than jelly deals. Do, do you eat them? Uh, yeah, every morning. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, in fact, with no, I've never brown. <laughs> Indeed, with my little brown. No, I've never had them. In fact, I think there's... Um, in the east end of London, would it be where you'd find a jelly deal shop, um, along with pie and mash shops? Wouldn't pie you? and mash. Pie, yeah, pie that's and the mash other thing shop. I was going to say. The other London food, pie and mash. Mm. Yeah, east, east they, end of London. Yeah, they've become kind of tourist attractions now. I think because um, they're kind of very traditional places, aren't they? And I think they they kind of turn up on the radar of many many tourists in in Lonely Planet and the likes. I think exactly. Although I think they're having a tough time because there was a very famous pie and mash shop in what's that market in Islington called? I can't remember. Just opposite Angel Station, Chapel Market, mm. and it closed down recently. Oh, really? That's a so, shame. Yeah. So, and there was Tubby Isaacs. That's the jelly, the famous jelly deal place in the East End. Mm. Or this, uh, but I'm not sure that's still around. Let's check that. Mm. So no, another victim of the coronavirus, by the sounds of it. Possibly, possibly. Well, I've just got one more thing, and it's not about English food. It is a word, cheese. Okay. Okay. Where does the word cheese come from? No idea. Actually, I'm only mentioning cheese because the word itself is quite interesting. It actually comes from Roman times mm, because okay. it is from Latin because most of the Latin words we get in English now either came in in the 17th, 18th century, or they come via French. 
okay, after the Norman Conquest. And there were very few, very few English words that actually come from Roman times, but the word cheese does. It's a very old word. Mm. And you can tell it's, it's from Roman, even if you go to, um, in Spain, it's, in Spanish it's queso, and in Portuguese it's queso. So, yeah, it comes from Latin. But mm. the French say fromage, don't they? And Italians, uh, formaggi, is it? For, formaggio, yeah. Formaggio, formaggio, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we don't get it from French, because usually a lot of our food words we get from French. This comes from Latin, from, from the Romans. Wow, okay. That's an interesting one. So, okay, John, surprisingly, you did very well there. You're quite clever, I know what, well, you? Well, you know, I love food, so, yeah. And um, because you did so well, there's a little prize for you. Excellent. And that is, yeah, and that is you can plug your podcast on this podcast. Go ahead, <laughs> do your thing. But, uh, yes, if you do want to listen to something that's, that's very focused on the English language, then, yeah, English with Monty. Okay, and I also remind you to listen, no, not listen, to watch our YouTube videos on Let Them Talk TV. No, I was just going to say, I, I actually watched one of your episodes the other day, and uh, I thought your performance really reminded me of Matt Damon, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, it's good you bring out Matt Damon. We haven't talked about him yet. But I, anyway, yeah, so I, I thought you were more like Matt Damon, but you can, you can, there's definitely, if you like Matt Damon, then watch let them talk tv on youtube yeah, yeah. for uh, gideon's chiseled good looks very similar mm -hmm. to matt damon mm -hmm. yeah yeah thank you cool. okay well let's wrap up john take yep. it easy stay healthy y yes you too and uh, everyone out there see you soon. Bye. all right bye